This is a 980 CKNW podcast. 6.33 on this Saturday morning. As I mentioned, uh, some poll results out done by Insights West to show what's top of mind for British Columbians and what they're thinking so far of the provincial government. Mario Conseco is the Vice President of Public Affairs at Insights West and joins us on the line. Mario, good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Great to be here. Good morning. Uh, so this poll was done in May of last year. So uh, if people keep that in mind as far as the results and what decisions had been made and, ha- and what hadn't been made by that point. Uh, but let's go through uh, what people said and what the results look like. And as I mentioned, housing is certainly one of the, the big themes to come out of this poll. It was quite astonishing because we've seen housing roughly at about uh, 15 to 20 percent over the past three years when we asked people what the number one issue facing British Columbia is. And we saw it climb the charts a little bit before the last election in May. It got to around 35 percent. But this time, when we asked in January of 2018, it reached 50 percent. It's the highest level that I've ever seen for an issue like this one. We would have to go back to uh, the financial crisis back in 2008 to have half of BC residents saying that they were worried about something that much at the time. It was economy and jobs. Now it's housing. And did it break down housing, price of housing or homelessness or or what part of the housing issue people are uh, concerned about? Well, more than anything, it's uh, housing and essentially getting into the market for those who are young. Uh, We see it really at a very high level when it comes to millennials. If you're aged 18 to 34, 66% of this group is saying that housing, homelessness, poverty is the number one issue. But for them, it's really mostly housing. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people who are uh, you know, coming out of university, trying to figure out whether they make a go of it uh, in a city like Vancouver, and finding a really tough time either renting a place or trying to get some money together to buy a place. And this is making them... Uh, face very difficult decisions when it comes to where they can stay here, where they can move elsewhere within BC or elsewhere within Canada. And you know, to see two-thirds of this group saying, this is my number one concern, when it's usually jobs for young people, now it's housing. Hmm. Uh, the poll also looked or asked people about the current uh, provincial government in BC and whether or not uh, they think the government is doing a good job. But what was the response to that? Well, what's interesting here is uh, the numbers do uh, tend to be a little bit higher than what we saw in the final stages of the BC Liberal government for most issues. But there's a couple of uh, really harsh moments in the poll for the NDP government. And I think one of them is the fact that their lowest ranked issues right now are crime and public safety at 28 percent and also housing, poverty and homelessness at 24 percent. Um, if the number one issue facing British Columbia is housing, you've got to do better than that. And to be at only 24% suggests that there's a large group of residents who voted for the NDP, particularly young residents, who were waiting for some action on the housing file. There's a budget coming up in the next couple of weeks, so maybe something will be there. Because right now what we see is a lot of young voters who supported the NDP and are starting to show a little bit of disappointment with this file. And the timing of that, I mentioned, we talked about the, the housing results that came from, I, I think the questioning was done in May. Uh, this this part of the poll, though, done in August, does that change things, do you think, because it was done in August or it was done a bit later on in the year? No, we have been tracking this consistently. All of the results of this survey uh, were um, were from this week. We just conducted oh, okay. it in uh, January. This is just tracking data, and it's, it's, it's a good thing to have in the sense that you do start to see how some of those things change and 
and, and to be able to track how the views of residents are, are shifting. I mean, there was a point when environment was almost the number one issue, and now it's dropping into single digits. Hmm. Uh, the approval ratings, uh, when you look at the party leaders as well, there's been a bit of a shift, a bit of a change there. Yeah, there's a little bit of movement. Uh, John Horgan is at 53%, so it's very consistent with what we found back in August. Um, in the final stages of her tenure, Christy Clark was usually at around 30 to 35 a percent, sometimes lower than that. So getting to 40% in a system like ours where you have such divisions between political parties is a good number. So having John Horgan at 53% is good news. Uh, I think it's good for them also in the sense that you see a lot of people who voted for the Greens and the Liberals saying, I might not vote for the NDP and I don't like what they're doing, but I certainly respect what the Premier has been trying to do. And that's a good number to have. The numbers are a little bit lower for Andrew Weaver and very low for uh, Rich Goldman. It doesn't really matter because the, the uh, BC Liberals are going to have a new leader at the start of next month. And I think that's the moment when the real race begins. I mean, right now we have the NDP uh, leading by nine points when it comes to voting, more than anything, because there's many liberal voters who are waiting to see what happens. They may have some candidates uh, for leadership who they would definitely support and others where they would really think about their choices. So once we have a full-time leader in the Liberal Party, it'll be a little bit easier to figure out what happens with voting, similar to what we saw at the federal stage. I mean, one of the reasons we saw Justin Trudeau doing fantastically for the first year of his tenure is because he didn't have rivals on either side. Uh, exactly, because it does. it is difficult, I would think, for people, even if you are a supporter of that party, you might be a supporter of a specific leader and things will change, like you said, once we have that person in place. Absolutely. It's, it's a situation similar to something that we're seeing in the States right now when they're asking about Donald Trump versus whoever is the Democratic nominee. It's too early for that. <laughs> Um, you, you also uh, talked about or asked people about some of the major decisions that have been made by the government. Um, I was a, a bit surprised that, not that the grizzly bear hunt, the ban on that, uh, I mean, it is a major decision, but I was a bit surprised that was that was still top of mind for people being asked, and my apologies for, for saying the numbers are from August, I misread that, but for being asked this past week that that was still top of mind for people. It's one of the things that they definitely liked. Uh, there's only two decisions that were rated as good or very good by more than half of residents. And one of them was banning the hunt of grizzly bears. And the other one was uh, banning political donations for corporations and unions. So this is definitely a situation that is good for the government. Those are things that are fairly simple to do. You just come into the government, draft a law, sign a couple of papers, do a nice press conference. I mean, these are things that are definitely easier to implement than what is happening with housing. So I think that's definitely a, a, a much difficult not to crack. Uh, but looking into the Site C issue, and I'm sure that you've been consumed by all the phone calls over the past couple of months, um, it's not as unpopular as many people would have believed. I mean, 46% of people say that the NDP did a good job in approving the Site C dam. And this includes voters for the Liberals, of course, uh, but also a lot of voters for the NDP and the Greens. So it's not as contentious as it might seem when you're browsing through social media. Yeah, it is interesting because you can be, uh, it can be, be, it can appear to be quite skewed if you're only looking at a certain point, part of social media or, or hearing from certain groups who might be louder, but maybe not representative of the majority. Well, uh, that is definitely true. I think there's a, there's a moment there when, when uh, you have to be very careful about the people who you talk to and, and to ensure that, like we do in every survey that we conduct, that you're being representative of the entire province. I mean, this is an online survey, but it's not an online survey 
like the ones you take on a website where anybody can click and you can send it to your friends and somebody who's living in South Korea can take it too. This is truly representative. And I think this is this was one of the things that I was most curious about because you're being surrounded by all this messaging saying, you know, this is done and the NDP is going to drop and everybody's going to be upset and I'm, not, I'm never voting for them. And then you look at the numbers and say, well, there's a lot of people who voted for the NDP who said maybe this was the best decision. Were you surprised at all by the lowest ranked decisions made by government? Um, I, I wasn't. And I, I think there's a reason for this. There's always been a difficulty for governments handling ferries, handling translink, although the numbers right now, we have to say, are higher than what we saw for the B.C. Liberals. Uh, their managing of B.C. ferries uh, sometimes was lower than 20 percent. So to be at 28 percent at this stage, at least there's a little bit of momentum for them. But on the Kinder Morgan pipeline, I think that's also one of the difficult situations that they're going to be facing. You do have a little bit of animosity, maybe not as much as as you can imagine from social media, from the environmental wing of the NDP and some green voters, because you said yes to Site C. If you don't fight the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline in a way that is satisfactory for that environmental wing, they're not going to come back. And I think this is one of the major problems that they're going to be facing. They can't just say, well, yes to Site C, yes to Kinder Morgan, when they campaigned hard against both of them. So it's going to be a tough one because, you know, this has to be, it's something that entails dealing with the federal government. Uh, we know that some municipalities, particularly Burnaby, is not quite happy with this idea. So this is the one environmental issue that they need to deal with in the next six months if they want to get some of those voters back. All right. Uh, interesting findings. Uh, Mario, always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.